Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So truth be told, I was, I was not supposed to be the one that was up here speaking this morning. So uh, the actual plan was for uh, one of my good friend, friends and former colleagues that I worked with for many years uh, at First Baptist Watauga. He's now serving at South Tulsa Baptist Church in Oklahoma. He was supposed to be here this weekend speaking to the students all weekend and, and then even speaking here this morning, uh, but on Wednesday, he called me and said, my wife has COVID. And so even though he had no symptoms, he wasn't sick. I knew that the wisest thing for our church and for his family was to say, look, you just stay home and we'll make other plans. And so I began making some phone calls and, and I was able to secure another guest speaker for us for the weekend, but he was only able to be here on Friday and, and Saturday. And so uh, he did a phenomenal job uh, pouring into the lives of our students this weekend, uh, but, but I'm the guest speaker for this, this Sunday now. So... Uh, but, but anytime something like this happens, God always reminds me of Proverbs 16:9 that says, "A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps." Now I don't know about you, but, but I am a planner. In fact, in my office, on my laptop, I have all of my my to do things between Sunday and Sunday. If you didn't know, I do more than just preach on Sunday morning. There's, there's a lot that has to happen between Sunday and Sunday. And so I have everything listed out that I'm going to do between Sunday and Sunday. But not only do I just have these things listed out, I have them categorized by day. These are the things that I do on Monday. These are what the things that I do on Tuesday and, and so on. But not only do I have them categorized by day, I also have them in order of the things that I'm going to do them each day. So I am a planner. I like to have things lined out. And so when it came to Disciple Now weekend, I had things lined out months ago. I had my guest speaker lined out for us months ago. But on Wednesday, God made it clear that it wasn't my plans that mattered. It was his plans that mattered. It wasn't what I had orchestrated that mattered. It was what he had orchestrated that mattered. And, and here's what I know to be true. This is something that, that I have shared before as your pastor, and, and I'm going to share it again right now, and I'm going to share it in, in the years to come because I believe this with all my heart. God's plans are always better. God's plans are always better. Now, that doesn't mean that we always understand God's plans, and, and it doesn't always mean that in the moment that we always like God's plans. I wasn't too thrilled on Wednesday when, when God was changing up my plans, right? But but what I know is that God sees the bigger picture. He knows what needs to happen. And, and so, so God's plans are always better than, than our plans. And so while we may make plans in our heart, it's the Lord that determines our steps. And let me just tell you, when we recognize that, there is great comfort in that truth. Because when we know that God's in charge, when we know that he's the one that orders our steps... Even when he changes up our plans, we can rest in this truth that his plans are better. 
and, and that whatever he has for us in his plans, he's going to accomplish something bigger and better than what we may have planned for him to do. And the reality is, is that as we think about following Jesus, following Jesus is not about having him fit into our plans. Following Jesus is about us submitting to his plans. Following Jesus is not about having him fit into our plans. It's about us submitting to his plans. And as we think about God changing our plans uh, and determining, determining our steps on, on the smaller scale like Disciple Now Weekend, I'm also reminded that this is really what God does in our life on a larger scale when we come to salvation. Because before coming to Christ, we are headed in one direction. We're headed in the wrong direction. We are headed towards our sin. But when we come to Christ, God redirects our steps as we begin to follow him, as we begin to follow the steps that he has lined out for us. And so really part of following Jesus is just recognizing that he's going to change up our plans from time to time. In fact, he has changed up our whole life's plans as we turn from our sins and as we now begin pursuing Christ. And so we're actually going to see this at work in our passage this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 27 through 31. Luke 5, 27 through 31. Now, as you're turning there, let me say this. The, the heading of your passage is likely, uh, it likely says the calling or the call of Levi. Now, you may not be as familiar with the name Levi. You're probably more familiar with the name Matthew. We actually see in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark this, this account. Uh, it, it, it references the calling of Matthew. And, and so as we think about this, this name Levi or Matthew... Some have speculated, some scholars have speculated that the reason why we see these two names in Scripture is because uh, Levi is the Hebrew name and Matthew is the Greek name, and so that they are just recorded in, in the two different languages. But other scholars have speculated that the reason why we see the name Levi and the name Matthew is because Jesus actually changed Levi, Levi's name to Matthew after calling Matthew to follow him. But here's the deal. Our concern as we think about Levi or Matthew should not be whether or not his name was changed by Jesus, but whether or not his life was changed by Jesus. Our concern should not be whether or not his name was changed by Jesus, but whether or not his life was changed by Jesus. And that should be our concern as well, that as we come to Jesus, as we begin to follow Jesus, our concern should be is that our life is changed by Jesus. So let me pause right here and just ask this question. Has your life been changed by Jesus? Have your, has your life been changed by Jesus? Would you say that as you have begun to follow Jesus, as you have begun to submit to his leadership, to his lordship in your life, have you experienced that transformation in your own life? Life. Remember, following Jesus is not about having him submit to our plans or, or fit into our plans, but, but following Jesus is about us submitting to his plans. And when we choose to submit to his plans, when we choose to follow Jesus, the reality is, is that he 
changes our life. And so if your life has not been changed by Jesus, then the next question that I would ask you is, is have you truly submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you begun to actually follow Jesus? Have you made that decision to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life? So as we look at our passage today, as we look at this call of Levi or the call of Matthew, uh, we're going we're gonna to see that Matthew's life is changed whenever he answers this call to follow Jesus. So let's read Luke chapter 5 verses 27 through 31. It says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So leaving everything behind, he got up and he began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and their, their scribes were complaining to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied to them, it's not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have come to call the righteous. I have, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, as we start off this morning, I want to highlight those words for you in verse 27, that Jesus saw a tax collector. You see, we live in a world where, where by and large, we, we just want to be seen by others. In fact, in the social media that world that we live in, social media like YouTube and Facebook and some of these other social media apps are, are largely driven by one word and one word alone, and that, that word is views, right? How many views have I gotten on my video? And so we can post a video and we can go in and we can track how many views these videos ha have, have received, how many... How many uh, views or how, how many times our video has been seen by others maybe how many people have seen us and so i think that we could ask the question do we want to be seen by others because of this social media world that we live in are, are we being shaped by social media or or is really social media just a reflection of this deep-rooted desire that we have within us to be seen by others. And maybe it's a combination of both. But I think by and large, I, I would say the reality is, is that social media is a reflection of this desire that we have within ourselves to be seen by others. But understand, God's desire is not that you would find your value and your worth in the likes and the views. God's desire is that you would find your value and your worth in him. You see, when you find your value and your worth in the likes and the views and the, and the laughs and, and all of those engagements on social media, when you look to those things to find your value and your worth, then suddenly you have a very temporary value and worth. And that value and worth is going to be ever-changing based on the views, based on the likes, based on the comments. It's going to be ever-changing. But when we find our value, when we find our worth in Jesus, then suddenly we have an eternal value because in him, he gives us 
that eternal value. He never changes. The value that he has for us never changes. And so when we find our value and our worth in him, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on in social media, we can have a value and a worth that never changes. And so as we think about what this passage tells us, that Jesus saw a tax collector. Understand, Matthew wasn't just seen by, by anybody. Matthew was seen by the one who could give him that eternal value. Matthew was seen by the one and the only one that, that mattered most. And so let me just pause right here and ask, who's, whose views are you chasing after? Who are you trying to be seen by? And let me encourage you, recognize that you have already been seen by Jesus Christ. How do I know that he has already seen us? Because God in his great love for us sent Jesus into this world to die for your sins and for mine. God knew you even before you were created. God saw you even before you were created. And I believe that when Jesus hung on that cross to die for our sins, he knew each and every person that he was dying for. He knew your name. He knew my name. I believe that Jesus knew us even before we were born. And so you can rest assured that Jesus has already seen you. And just as Jesus saw this tax collector, Jesus has seen us. And so what we're going to see is that Jesus meets this tax collector and he calls this tax collector to follow him. And so as we look at this passage, there are three things that I want you to walk away with today. First, Jesus calls us right where we are. Jesus calls us right where we are. Let's look at verse 27 again. It says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Jesus calls us right where we are. So it's not only significant that, that Jesus saw Matthew, but it's significant where Jesus saw Matthew because Jesus saw Matthew at his tax office. Now, that word office in our culture today, it, it, I think it can be lost in translation because many times when we think of an office, we think of something that's tucked away in a business or a building. But the reality is, is that in, in that time, the, the tax office or the tax booth, as some other translations say, these were out in the public square. These were very visible things. And so Jesus met Matthew at this tax booth out in the public square. And this tax booth, this tax office, is where Matthew, where Levi did his business. And generally, we would say it's a good thing for, for someone to have a job. It's a commendable thing for someone to be working. But understand, as a tax collector, especially in biblical times, man, this was a despised profession. Because tax collectors were, were looked at by the Jews first as traitors, because these tax collectors were working for the Roman government and they were being backed by the authority of the Roman soldiers. But, but not only were they seen as traitors to the Jewish people, they were also seen as cheats because these tax collectors oftentimes would overcharge people in their taxes. And, and so, so essentially they could just pocket all of that extra stuff. And, and really what could people do about it 
except pay up because they had the Roman soldiers that were backing them. And so they would just have to give whatever these tax collectors demanded. And so the tax collectors were just getting wealthy off of the other people's struggles. And so these tax collectors were very despised. And so Jesus comes right to this place that everyone knows, man, I don't want to go there, right? As they're walking in the public square, I'm sure that Matthew was used to people just walking on by. Maybe they didn't even want to look his direction. I don't want Matthew to see me, and I don't want to see Matthew. I don't want him to tell me that I owe something. And so I'm sure Matthew was used to people just kind of avoiding eye contact as they were walking by. Or maybe they would even walk on the other side of the street just to make sure that Matthew didn't call out to them. But what we see is that while others maybe would have avoided Matthew, while others maybe would have avoided that tax booth, Jesus goes right there where Matthew is, where Levi is, and he, he calls him right where he is. But you know, the reality is, is that not only did Jesus meet Matthew at the, this tax booth, but the reality is, is that Jesus met Matthew right where he was in his sin. Now, certainly there was no doubt in anyone's mind that, that Matthew was a sinner because he was a tax collector. But the reality is, is that everyone else has sinned as well, including you and me. Scripture tells us just like Matthew has sinned, Scripture says for all has sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we really, apart from Christ, are in that same position that Matthew was in. We're not sitting at a tax booth, but we are in our sins apart from Jesus Christ. And so Jesus meets Matthew at this tax booth, but really he's meeting Jesus, or really Jesus is meeting Matthew in his sins. And, and as he meets Matthew right there at, at the tax booth, and as he meets Matthew right there in his sins, he calls him to follow him. Would you follow me? And so as we think about our own lives, I would just simply ask you today, where does Jesus need to meet you today? Do you feel like an outcast? Do you feel all alone? Jesus can meet you right where you are. Are you trapped in an, in an addiction trying to get out? Jesus can meet you right where you are. Or maybe it's just the reality that you are still separated from God in your sins, still going headstrong in your own direction. Jesus can meet you right where you are. And so as you think about whatever that place in your life might be, I want you to understand, not only can Jesus meet you there, but I believe that Jesus is already there. And he's waiting for you to respond to him. He's calling out to you, follow me. And so Jesus calls us right where we are. Second, Jesus' call is specific. What did Jesus say when Matthew, when, when he called Matthew at his tax booth? He said very intentional and specific words, follow me. Follow me. Now, this is what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, follow your heart. I talked about that last week, but this seems to be a mantra in our world today. Follow your heart. Just do whatever feels right to you, and you will go in the right direction. Your heart won't lead you astray. Listen, I said this last week. I'll say it again. That's a lie. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. All right? Jesus doesn't tell Matthew, follow your heart, do whatever feels right. Guess what? Matthew's already following his heart, and he's getting rich off of it, right? He is getting rich off of everyone else's struggles. 
So Matthew's heart isn't what needs to be followed. Jesus doesn't say, follow your heart. He says, follow me. He also doesn't say, follow the world. Now, unlike follow your heart, this is not a saying, follow the world, all right? But this is really something that we do all the time. It's seen in our actions, not in our words, but it's seen in our actions because the reality is, is that many times we just want to fit in in this world. We don't want to stand out. We just want to fit in. And so instead of doing what we know we should do, we get wrapped up in just following the world, following the trends, doing whatever the world says is the right thing to do. But guess what? The world, just like your heart, the world will lead you astray. And so we are not called to follow our heart. We are not called to follow the world. We are called to follow Jesus. And so Jesus gives Matthew the, this very specific calling saying, follow me. And I want you to hear that Jesus is giving that very specific calling to each and every one of us today. Follow me. If you've never given your life to Christ, that's the very specific calling for you. Get up from your sins. Get up from wherever you are and begin following Jesus. But if you have already given your life to Christ, guess what? That is still the call for us today. We are still called to follow Jesus because following Jesus isn't just a one-time decision. It's not just a prayer that we pray. It's not just walking down the aisle or, or getting baptized. Following Jesus is a daily walk of obedience. And so every day I have the choice when I wake up, I'm either going to follow my heart, I'm going to follow the world, or I'm going to follow Jesus. And so every day I, I, I have to make that intentional decision to turn from my sins yet again and to continue in that walk. It's not that I'm being saved every single day, but because I have been saved, I make that daily choice to continue following Jesus, not just yesterday, but today, tomorrow, and into the future. So Jesus calls us right where we are, and Jesus' Jesus's call is specific. Finally this morning, Jesus' call is worth it. I want you to hear that. Jesus' call is worth it. What does verse 28 say again? So leaving everything behind, he got up and he began to follow him. Jesus' call is worth it. When Jesus saw Matthew at that tax booth, he went over to Matthew and he called Matthew. He said those two specific words, follow me. And this is what we see in every account, in Matthew, in Mark, and here in Luke. In every single account of this calling, when Jesus calls Matthew, it appears that Matthew's response is immediate. There is no hesitation on Matthew's part. He simply begins to follow Jesus. Now, Listen, as we think about what Matthew left behind, when he got up to leave everything behind, he, he was making a big decision there to leave the tax collection business. As we think about some of the disciples that left fishing behind, fishing is something that they could lay down and, and honestly, they could easily go back to if things didn't work out with Jesus. But, but a tax collection business was not something that you could easily lay down and then go back and pick back up again. And so for Matthew to leave everything behind and go and follow Jesus was a big decision to make. And yet it appears that he did it without any hesitation. And I believe that there was no hesitation on his part because, because somehow 
God had revealed to him in this encounter that, with Jesus that following him was better than what he was already doing in his life. I believe that in this encounter with Jesus that he knew that what he was gaining in following Jesus was far better than what he was giving up. I want you to hear this today. Following Jesus is far better than what you're going to give up in this life. Listen, yes, we are going to give up our sins. We are going to give up some things that the world may be participating in that, guess what, we are not called to do as believers. There are things that we are called to turn away from. But listen, following Jesus is worth it. What we gain in him is far better than what we give up in this world. We give up the temporary, we gain the eternal. Following Jesus is worth it. And I believe that Matthew knew that following Jesus was so worth it because not only did he just get up and leave everything behind, we're told that he threw a party. And he invited all of his friends to this party, all of the tax collectors, all of the sinners. He was like, guys, you got to come and you have to meet this man that changed my life. Come to this party. Come and meet Jesus. And, and I've left everything behind. Maybe you can leave everything behind too. And you can follow Jesus as well. Listen, my desire as your pastor is not only that you would follow Jesus, but man, that you would have that same passion, that you would begin to tell others about Jesus as well. As we've been talking about revival since I've come as your pastor, this is where it begins. It begins with us obediently following Jesus and then sharing Jesus with others. Understanding that Jesus is worth it. Because when you, when you know that Jesus is worth it, when you know that he's better than everything else, man, you want to share that with people. And as you share that with people, their lives get changed too. Jesus is worth it. And so as we wrap up today, the question that I have for you is have you made that decision to follow Jesus? Students, have you made that decision to follow Jesus? Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anybody else that's in here today, have you made that decision to follow Jesus? Following Jesus is worth it. Listen, Jesus doesn't force you to follow him, but he does call you to. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to understand once again this morning, Jesus is calling to you, follow me. And if you need to make a decision, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And so I'm going to invite the band back up here right now. And we're going to have a time of response this morning. They're going to lead us in another song. And as we sing, this is going to be your opportunity to respond to whatever it is that God is doing in your heart, in your life today. And maybe you were, you're here today and you would say, you know what? As I look at my own life, I know that I am not following Jesus. I know that I've never turned from my sins. Man, I'm still going headstrong in my own direction. And today I need to lay all of that down. Today I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today I want to answer that call to follow Jesus. If that's you, if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're ready to follow Jesus, then I would invite you to respond as we sing. I'm going to be standing right down front. You can just step out of your seat as we sing. Come and join me down here. We can talk. We can pray. Today you can make that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. But maybe you're here today and you would say, I have given my life to Jesus, but maybe you've never taken that next step of obedience to be baptized. Just like we got to see Taylor and Braxton make that public 
declaration of their faith today. If you've never done that, then I want to invite you to do that. Our, our guest speaker this weekend, he, he, he said this last night, and I want to share it with you. He said, following Jesus is not a private decision. It is a personal decision, but it's not a private decision. It's something that we go public with real quickly because we want others to know that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And so if you have made the decision to follow Christ, but you've never taken that step of baptism, then I would invite you to respond. You can come down here, we can talk, we can pray, and we can make that commitment for you to be baptized, for you to make your faith in Christ public. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I've given my life to Christ and I have been baptized by immersion just like those two kids earlier. And I've been visiting First Baptist Stockdale and I know that God is calling me to make this my church home. To connect your life with this church body, to be on mission with us as we continue to pour into future generations to raise them up to be used for God's kingdom. If you want to be a part of that, if God's calling you to become a member here at First Baptist Stockdale, then I would invite you to respond as well. You can walk forward during this time and we can pray and you can become a member here at this church. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do, as we sing this last song, I would just encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.